Hello, and welcome back to this very special edition of Inside the Asperger Studios. What do you get when you're the only person who gets a very unique position that's so unique that you're the only one who has it in the entire world? Well, you get my next guest, that's who. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today, on this very special episode, I am joined with the Honorary Emily Burke, the Assistant Minister of Autism from Australia. Welcome to the show, Emily. Hi, thanks for having me. Not a problem. So let's start off with, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and then we'll get going with the questions. Uh, well, my name is Emily Burke and I'm the Assistant Minister uh, for Autism which I believe is the only position in the entire world um, for a government to have one person solely focused on autism. Uh, so we are pretty excited about having this position, but really this position uh, has been created after years and years of advocacy from the autistic and autism community. Um, I was elected in 2018 into the Upper House in the South Australian Parliament uh, so we have the uh, Westminster system, the two uh, two chambers, and um, through my role, I get to represent the whole state in the upper house, so just over two million people, and um, have been in that role since um, in this current role for just over a year. Uh, we were elected into government um, just over eighteen months ago, almost two years actually now, and um, yeah, just have been rolling out these policies along the way. Um, I'm also a mum of three. Uh, beautiful girls and uh, yeah enjoy what I do every day I love my job all right so let's start with what is it like to be the one and only the assistant minister of autism I mean I'm pretty sure like you said there isn't anything like it anywhere else in the entire world Yeah, my um, my three girls. You, I like to say that I'm the only one in the galaxy, um, <laughs> which is a bit of fun. But uh, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's good to be able to lead as a government. Um, but you know, sometimes it'd be nice to sort of say, oh, you know, what has happened previously. But to be really honest, it's not about being the first. Um, it's really about responding to what the community's uh, needs uh, were and are. Is that they needed someone in government to be able to advocate for change and. I'm really proud as a government that we've been able to deliver that for the for the autistic and the autism community because really the, um, what we found in the lead up to the last election uh, in um, just in the lead up to 2022 is that there were lots of people in the community who'd been raising, you know, my child's not getting through school, or I can't find employment, or I, um, you know, I can't uh, attend these community events or go to these. Uh, infrastructure locations mm -hmm. because they are just not suitable for me um, and we started to realize that this is a really good point what are we doing in this space uh, and that's when we developed our policies that we have been rolling out since we uh, were successful the last election. So how did this position come to be I mean there are so many countries that are still struggling and you're like the first country to actually come up with someone who looks over the entire autism community of their country. 
I have to give credit to the Premier in South Australia for that. Um, so he was one hosting a lot of these forums in the lead up to the last election and um, they were just general forums about um, roads or parks or, you know, typical conversations we have. And it, But time and time again those conversations kept coming about what are we doing for the autistic community. So he held forums purely focused on creating policies for the autistic and autism communities. And then when we were successful at the election, he realised, um, you know, we needed someone focused on the issues because we realised how unique they were at that. Uh, we were doing things that were really different with the policies uh, that he had taken to the election and he wanted someone just solely, solely focused on uh, this policy agenda. Um, I was already his assistant minister uh, to the Premier, uh, so he asked if I would be happy to take on this uh, role as well, which I was you know, really um, proud to be given this opportunity. But to be really honest, we, we had no idea this was going to be really unique, um, but we realised very quickly how unique it was when we had, you know, BBC radio calling mm -hmm. us the next day. There was a live cross up every um, hour at one point um, when we were making these announcements. So it was, uh, you know, an incredible experience, but it's all credit back to the, um, the autistic and autism community who'd been calling for this for a really, really long time. Now, what is it like to look over an entire community of autism, of autistic people? Because that's got to be a hard choir because you're not just looking over to South Australia. You're looking over your entire country. Uh, so I only have to focus on South Australia, mm. but by doing focusing on um, the South Australian community, I also um, can share that knowledge with uh, our counterparts in other states, which is really, really uh, great. We'll be having that conversation now because um, I really do think it's important to share knowledge. Uh, that's what this whole role is about. It's about bringing people to the table so we can start to make some real lasting changes. Uh, I, have, I have to say it's been um, a really big privilege to focus on one particular uh, section of our community. Um, being in the upper house, you do have to cover people living in the regions and people living in, in metropolitan Adelaide. So to be able to refocus down to a particular um, community across our state has given a really um, unique opportunity for us to create some policies that will have a big change in the community. So just some of those policies that we've done is when we went to the election, we said we would put an autism inclusion teacher in every public primary school. And the reason why we did that is it comes back to like what we we're discussing before is knowledge. We need knowledge in our schools so we can get kids past year 10. Because we know in, in South Australia, if you're in year 10 and you're autistic, you're half as likely to go past um, that year. So half of our autistic community is dropping out of school in year 10. Yeah. And that's not okay. Uh, we want our kids to get through school. Uh, so that's why we thought, well, something's not working here. We need some more knowledge in our classrooms about how to keep our kids in the school system. So we've um, put in an autism inclusion teacher uh, in our public primary schools at the start of this year. There was not one single autism inclusion teacher in a public primary school. We have 445 public primary schools and now 99% of them have an autism inclusion teacher. So it's a massive change in a matter of nine months um, and one that we, you know, the whole point of this role is they were an existing teacher in that classroom um, or in the community, but we've taken them out of the classroom and we're now giving them knowledge and training in what it is to support someone with a disability, what it is to support someone um, 
who's autistic or just to create a more inclusive classroom. So that's been a big success. Um, but we've also, we didn't want it to come back to um, just that one person in, in the school community. So there's a young boy here. His name is um, Sam. Mm -hmm. He's now in year 11. But when he was um, in uh, primary school, he uh, almost left the school system completely. Uh, he's autistic and his teachers didn't understand him. And his family were really, you know, getting really concerned about his um, mental health and welfare. So they decided let's go to one more school and give that a go. And um, lucky for Sam, uh, he came across a couple of teachers who had fantastic knowledge about what it is to support a student who is autistic. Um, but now, um, so going from almost leaving the school system, at the age of 10, he started making popcorn <laughs> and he's now started his own business oh, and wow. he sells popcorn in all of our, uh, it's a major um, petrol a station ch chain in South Australia. It's called On The Run. He sells popcorn there. He sells them in our local supermarkets and he's donated over $34,000 back to children's charities, um, all because, as he said, it came down to luck that his mm -hmm. teachers knew how to support him. But we as a government don't want it to come back to luck. Um, we really want to make sure that our teachers have that knowledge to begin with. Um, yeah. I have to say that's some quite impressiveness. I mean, I being here, I mean, I look at what our students go through and I've talked with people and you don't see that kind of change. It's more a struggle and a fight. And mm -hmm. I wish and I hope people take a message from this that our kids need somebody to help them strive because I've seen kids drop out because our teachers here don't understand how to deal with autism. Yeah, so um, it is, it's, a, it's always something changing, right? And we have to bring people with us. And that's why, um, you know, like I was sort of saying before, we didn't want to stop just at one teacher. What we've done now is gone back to all of our universities. So mm -hmm. if you're looking to be a teacher in South Australia, you have to go to one of four universities that are here in our state. And we did something pretty unique is all to join us at a table um, with the Premier and ask them, what are you doing in your teacher's degree at this point in time to, to address, you know, what it is to support a child with a disability, what it is to um, support someone who's autistic and what are you doing to create an inclusive classroom? And to their credit, they mapped that out and found that, you know, there was a room to, to have great significant change in this space. So um, we asked them to insert some uh, new modules into their degrees. Mm. And you have to remember all of these universities are competitors. They're mm. big competitors because at the end of the day, they're wanting new students to go to their university um, and not the other universities. <laughs> um, but to all of their credit, they sat down and said, we will do this and we will change. Uh, and that was made easier because they could see as a government we were investing almost $30 million to educate our teachers and provide that knowledge to our teachers. So they knew that we were looking for the workforce that only they can create. So they've gone back and said we will change our teacher's degree, all of us, and we will now have more learning in there about how to support one in four kids in the classroom who have a learning difficulty. 
um, or learning challenge. So that's a huge credit to them that they have taken that step. But as a government, we've decided to invest in a research project that will oversee that new change so we can follow the outcomes of those new teachers going through university of what they know now, what they know once they've gone through these new learnings next year and how that plays out in the classroom um, when they finally make it to being a teacher. So, you know, this is a big change that hasn't happened anywhere else in our country before mm-hmm. and it's only achievable when we all sit down and have that conversation and be willing to move forward in the one direction. So what are some of the other things you do for those who are artistic? What other programs do you offer them? Yeah, so we're doing something, um, we're doing lots of this, and I don't want to make it sound like, well, we're doing this, we're doing this, <laughs> but um, we uh, never had a strategy, an autism strategy in our state before, so it's really hard as a government, I can guess what we might need. Um, I held 25 forums in three weeks. I feel that we've been listening really closely to the autistic community. But what we need to really do is make sure it is the voices of the autistic and the autism community that are coming up with our policy recommendations. So we uh, went out and we've done that consultation period. It ended up being the largest disability-focused consultation in our state's history uh, through the Your Say survey. And now we're compiling all of that information so we can provide some recommendations that have been put forward by the autistic and autism community about what happens next? How do we ha- how do we make a more inclusive um, strategy? And what's our what's our key focus to achieve those changes? Whilst we are doing that, um, we are also doing something else that's um, never been done before, and we're rolling out a these I know sound boring, but um, a charter to all um, government departments in South Australia. And the reason why we're doing that is they have to sign this charter to say that they're going to make their workplace more inclusive. And the reason why we want to do that is the um, government is a high, the biggest employer in our state. Uh, we employ the most people. So if we can be giving this knowledge to the biggest workforce in our state, um, they can take that knowledge with them back into their sporting clubs, back into their homes, back into their um, into their communities as well. And we're not just getting them to sign a pretty piece of paper um, and stick it on their wall. Uh, we want them to also do training. So as um, when we were doing that consultation period I mentioned earlier, we have now created a new office for autism and that office for autism you know, a lot of people thought maybe we put that into education and uh, from the feedback I heard from the community, I thought, well, education's not right because you're born autistic and you'll pass away autistic. So we're not going to put that new office, government office in education. We could have put it in Department of Human Services, which focuses on um, disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also did want to put it there because there's more to talk about than um, autism being a disability. We need to be making sure we're changing our employment practices. Mm -hmm. We need to change our justice system. We need to change our health systems. So the only space that we thought was appropriate to put the new office for autism, which again is a world first, is in the Department of Premier and Cabinet. There is no higher office in government uh, than the Department of Premier and Cabinet. So that new office has gone into there. And we also made the requirement if you're going to be the director of the Office for Autism, you need to be autistic. Mm, and if you're going to be you. an advisor, if you're going to be an advisor in this office, you're going to be autistic as well. Uh, those two roles were filled uh, just over five months ago. 
and their primary focus at the moment is rolling out that charter to all government agencies and providing the training as well. So the training is led by autistic people um, to make those real lived experience uh, changes across our government agencies. So there's a lot going on um, and, yeah, we're really excited about what next year looks like when we start to roll out um, some of our uh, charter and strategy documents. Good for you. I mean, a lot of organizations over here need to learn from that. If you're going to have an organization that's autistic, that's about autism, you need to have people who are autistic on the board. Otherwise, mm. it serves no purpose. Mm. They're not just on a board. It's a very well-paid position. They're the director of the Office yeah. for Autism um, in the Premier and Cabinet um, Department. So what do you guys do for those who are autistic for the workforce? What kind of training programs do you offer? What kind of jobs do you have them set up for or help them find? Because I know here we, it's kind of hard because to, it's a balancing act here. It's either where do we put you? What level you're at? What kind of training do you have? Do we want to train you? What do you guys do for those who are autistic for for work training? Yeah, there's lots of different um, em, employee bodies um, and employment bodies. The one thing we're doing at a government level is goes back to that charter that I was talking about to try and bring knowledge to mm -hmm. the um, workforce because that was sort of saying a lot of people. Uh, there's been um, surveys run by the autistic community here in South Australia. And we know that 84% um, of the community know the word autism, mm -hmm. but only 29% of people have knowledge of what it is to be autistic. That's a massive gap in oh, knowledge yeah. right there, so 29 mm -hmm. to 84. So if we can't fix that, we're not going to be able to solve what's happening in our workforce, uh, which in our workforce, if you're autistic, you're three times more likely to be unemployed than someone else with another disability in South Australia. And for me, that's not okay. <laughs> so we need to go back to like, what is actually creating that barrier? And for a lot of the feedback we received, it was all about knowledge. So we need to do something to really close that gap in knowledge uh, in our broader community. So just this weekend, that's been, or maybe it was weekend before, weekend before, um, we launched the um, Autism Works campaign. So we've gone out and found uh, autistic people in our workforce who are sort of putting to bed some of those myths that people think about autistic people, uh, you know, that you can't be social or you can't work with other people or you don't know how to communicate. We've put that to bed um, by them telling their story and then showing the workplace that they now work in. Um, some of them are construction workers, uh, a teacher, a head of communications, um, a, a social worker. All of these stories mm -hmm. are putting to bed those myths. Um, we can work. Just give us a go. So I really encourage your listeners to check that out. It's called Autism Works and you can find it on the officeforautism.sa.gov.au. The other thing we're doing is looking at our practices in government, what we, um, how we uh, employ people because we know that the, sometimes the biggest barrier to um, entering the workforce is the job ad itself. Mm -hmm. um, so the feedback from the autistic community was, you know, the autistic community can be really, really literal. So when they read a job ad that says we're looking for these 10 requirements, um, they might look at it and go, oh, I've only got nine, so I won't 
I won't apply for that job now. Mm -hmm. But a non-autistic person might go, oh, I've got two, yay, that's my job. Um, so, you know, it's really about the wording and what yeah. what is in that job ad to begin with. Um, and that sometimes could be a really simple solution. The next thing is the actual interview process itself. Uh, so what we've, uh, the Department of Human Services are doing in Adelaide is um, now they are providing the questions for the interview mm -hmm. to anyone applying for a job prior to the interview because they don't want someone who can just um, on the spot answer a question. They want people that can give considered responses to their questions. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're providing those questions to everyone before they enter the interview process. And that's a really significant change and such a simple one all at the same time. Now I want to talk a little bit about schooling. Are your teachers trained to work with autistic kids? Or Yes, yeah, so I guess that comes back to that we found that gap that was there. Um, so we're obviously training our, our current teachers, uh, one teacher in every public primary school to become an autism inclusion teacher. But then we're also um, going back to the universities and saying we want the next wave of teachers coming in to have this new knowledge. So uh, 1,300 teachers come out of our universities every year in South Australia mm -hmm. and they will be bringing with them new knowledge in uh, how to support people with a disability and be more inclusive in the classroom so that's a really massive change that we are seeing here in our state now are you making it mandatory for new teachers to come in to say you must be trained in the field of autism so you can understand these students who are autistic in your class well, it will become a part of their degree at university, but also um, when we're advertising for people to go into early learning um, sectors in our public sector, um, yeah, in our public uh, areas, is that we're putting on our job ads that there's preferred preference for knowledge in autism. So um, we know that you can't just change things overnight because mm -hmm. the knowledge isn't there, right? Um, like I said mm -hmm. before, there's that big gap in knowledge. We need to bring people with us, but as a government, we need to put the infrastructure in place and also raise the bar and say, this is now what we're looking for. Uh, we're looking to have change um, in what we know about autism. And as a government, we have made that our uh, a key focus of ours and um, private industry are now seeing that and lifting as well, which is really important that government lead. And when we do lead, uh, you'll find that the private sector will lift and follow as well. Now, with the workforce, do you talk with certain companies that the kids have interest in and say, hey, listen, we need you to work with these kids. They are autistic. Do you help talk to them and explain the situation? Yeah, so I have lots of meetings um, with, the work, with the workforce because there's lots of employment agencies who, again, it comes back to that knowledge about what can we do to support someone once they are seeking employment, how do we work through that process. So there's lots of conversations and um, conferences that I'm going to to try and get that message mm -hmm. out there. Um, I went to a, a large communication and um, one of our key private um, bodies in South Australia just uh, last week to, to do go through a training session with their workforce. So it's not just government bodies we're trying to give this knowledge to. We are going out into our private sector and saying, you know, 
one in four Australian families have an autistic family member. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a fair chunk of this class, of this room <laughs> that we're in right now um, when we're doing the training sessions and usually ask if anyone knows anyone that's autistic and pretty much everyone will put up their hand. And that's really reinforces why we need to um, have these conversations, why we need to bring knowledge into our workplaces because there's a huge um, community in South Australia who uh, could very much well be getting those opportunities but just don't know how to go about it. Yeah, I truly understand that. I mean, I look at the companies here that are doing stuff for those who are autistic and my big thing is it's not, it's just those who are autistic. I mean, do you, have you had to deal with those who are not just autistic, but autistic with ADHD. So they are a little bit more troubling and trying to figure out where they fit in. Yeah, so we know that autism is usually the primary diagnosis, but there's lots of co-occurring diagnosis that follow. ADHD is obviously the next largest co-occurring. Um, but it, yeah, it, this is this is the thing with autism is it's really hard, I guess, for people to know what um, it is because it's so different for each individual. Um, and that's the, you know, one of the hardest things with explaining to the broader community about what is it, what is it to be autistic? Because as people say, once you've met one autistic person, you've, you've met one autistic person. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're trying to really do is, you know, it's a, I guess, a different way in thinking um, and reacting to the world around you, but really just getting people to not to think, oh, I know that one autistic person, so all autistic people must be just like that, because that is not the case. Um, so that's, I guess, what the the reason is behind our most recent um, Autism Works campaign, is it's showing the many different faces and experiences that people have gone through um, who are autistic. Well, no, why don't you tell me a little bit about your work that you do with the Assistant Minister of Autism, besides helping with schools, what else do you do? Yeah, so I go out to um, private uh, industries and one would be um, just recently would be a major supermarket chain in South Australia. It's a South Australian-based uh, company and they have hundreds of supermarkets and um, we had a conversation with them about you know what are you doing in your built infrastructure environment um, that could be changed to make it more inclusive for the autistic community and um, some of the other major chain uh, supermarket chains were doing quiet times in the middle of the day so you could go to the supermarket up between 11 and, and 12 and it was a quiet shopping experience but as we mentioned to this supermarket chain is well autistic people work so they can't just pop to the shops um, between 11 and 12 Uh, they may want to go after work so this um, supermarket chain is called Drake's they um, were happy to trial the quiet time so they've done uh, six till eight in the evening Mm -hmm. and to their credit they went and invested themselves and um, they couldn't just turn off half their lights so they had to get an electrician in and you know, get that rewired so they can turn off half the lights. And they went and got new cash registers because they couldn't turn the beepy sound off. Um, So they invested in that as well. And um, they had to go and get headsets for their staff so that they could communicate by headset. The most significant thing they did is they, um, the staff undertook training. Um, So they had training in what it is to support someone who might have a hidden hidden disability like autism. 
And that was the most significant part of it for me because most of the time when you're working in a supermarket, a lot of the workforce is very young. So they'll take this knowledge with them into their school environment, they'll take this knowledge with them into their sporting clubs and they'll take this knowledge into them with them uh, when they go into other employment and may even become an employer themselves one day and now have that knowledge. They um, saw a 50% increase in foot traffic in one of their stores where they trialled this. So it showed those investments that they made, which they would never have made before if they hadn't received the knowledge that this is a really large community, um, this is what they're missing out on. All these little mm -hmm. small changes you can do in your store will make a significant difference. And at the end of the day, then they saw a doubling in their foot traffic. So um, it's a really good story to tell and it's a reminder of what we can achieve when we we, we give something a go and we were willing to learn. Um, we also saw this with the Australian Hotels Association in South Australia. They are the industry body that oversees all of our pubs and clubs in, in SA, and there are many of those. <laughs> um, and they've employed someone full-time to go out to their pubs and clubs to make them more inclusive. So that if you have a celebration, be that your 21st or your 50th and you want to go as a family unit, you should be able to achieve that. Um, and we want that to be an opportunity for people. So they're going around and seeing what they can do differently in that space as well. And this is why Australia is so ahead of the curve when it comes to dealing with autism. You won't see that stuff out here. I mean, companies out here, everything out here is more about the money than the person. And they and it's my feeling that it's if you make your employee happy, you'll make money. It's not about the money. It's about your employee, their morale. You boost the morale, you have a better company. Well, I think the stories I've showed have actually demonstrated that you'll increase your customer base yeah. if you make it more inclusive. Um, so that's the, the whole point we're trying to show is don't see this as a burden that mm -hmm. you're investing in um, new infrastructure. See this as an opportunity, um, not only for you as a business, but it provides this opportunity to, at a social level that's far, far more reaching, far reaching, and um, will have a big impact on our community. So yeah um that's our big message i guess you know, give it a go you might be surprised and what actually happens and finally how can people find out more about you and the office of uh, autism yeah so i you can reach out to me through autism um at uh, sa.gov.au or you can reach out to the office for autism which is just office for autism.sa.gov.au and yeah, that's I get, we have a new website that we just launched two weeks ago. Has heaps of resources on there about and um, details about what we're doing in South Australia, and also has that new Autism Works campaign, which I really encourage you to have a look at because they're they're beautiful stories that are being shared um, to try and create some knowledge about what autistic people can do in the workplace. And that's it, everyone. That was the honorary Emily Burke, the Assistant Minister of Autism in South Australia. See you on the next one, everyone. See you there. Bye. I wanna believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking. Bottle up my intuition till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. I wanna
wanna believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, bottle up my intuition till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. Shape shifting, same player, different position. The definition could stick with them. Drifting through these layers of wisdom. I took a break from tradition. I move away from what's expected. Change the music, ride the wave, but keep the message. Question this dimension is still deception. Every entrance have good intentions, no exceptions, and leave the rest up to the heavens. Your only plan should be to seek and become yourself. Cause more than half, would you believe in was crafted to be misleading for the benefit of someone else? I wanna believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, bottle up my intuition till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. I wanna believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, bottle up my intuition till it's popping out the box that I don't, I don't fit in. Hey, hey, yeah, I don't fit in. Applause. I don't walk right into traps While you closing in the walls I be using out the cracks Sit and relax, don't breathe These are the facts Supposedly stutters Living a mask, suckers Keep moving along to the beat Brainwash, rinse and repeat Keep pulling about with the sheep I'll go, got with Eve Know what I mean? Probably not Honesty shocks, it's fineless The only box I'll ever fit in Is the one that I die I wanna believe in the truth But only see what I'm shown Got the freedom to choose But can't decide on my own Follow what the group is thinking Bottle up my intuition Till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. I wanna believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, bottle up my intuition. Till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. Hey.